0: Okay, so before I really get started, I just want us, those who are present here, actually and if you're at home too, I'm sure a lot of you have a, a window in your house where you can look out at the trees right now. We just all take a moment, look, look, they're like bright yellow, beautiful trees and I know a lot A lot of people in this space, in our congregation, are big summer fans. Uh, I am a winter fan. I know that puts me in the minority. I love, this is just so beautiful, and I'm so happy to be out here. I know I'm always cold. and Everybody's like, how do you like winter? You're always cold. I know. I can see the question. I see it. I see it. I still really love winter. But this fall is so beautiful, and I encourage everybody, just take a moment. I think leaves and fall trees kind of ask us to stop and pause and notice, and I find that to be Just a really lovely thing to do. So if you get a chance today, stop and pause and notice how pretty. Particularly if you're me, you notice contrast. So I like yellow leaves against a blue sky. Just take a second and notice that sometime today. So now we'll get into it because you can tell I'm avoiding this because this parable makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. (laughs) um, Which I think is okay. It's okay that it makes me uncomfortable. I think that might even be the point of it. (laughs) I think added to the uncomfortableness of this parable is the fact that life right now is exhausting. Anyone else? Yes. Yes. I heard verbal yeses here besides raised hands. If you uh, are at home watching, you can put a big ol' yes and we'll know what that means. I think this section of Matthew's gospel just doesn't make it better. I wanted the gospel today to make me feel a little bit better. (laughs) And it just didn't do it for me. Before we really get into it, let's let's set the scene. So chronologically, we have jumped ahead quite a bit. And so it's important to take note of this. It is in Matthew's Gospel, the Monday of Holy Week. Jesus has been gaining notoriety. It's culminated in this triumphant entry into Jerusalem. Crowds had gathered. They called him the Messiah. And then on that same day he cursed a fig tree and then he took a whip to the temple marketplace. Jesus has been causing some good trouble. He is already on tenuous ground with the leaders and they haven't officially confronted him until today's gospel. Now the physical setting matters too. Jesus is preaching to a small crowd in the temple complex. It's huge, it is a huge space. And I sort of like to imagine Jesus is taking up just one small corner of this huge space. He's not fully inside the temple. It's this outdoor marketplace, the one that he has recently cleaned out. Now, while he is speaking to his little band of disciples and those who have chosen to listen to him in this marketplace, the chief priests and elders came to him. This is the first of a few power struggles we get in the next couple of weeks between the chief priests and Jesus. Now to those listening to Jesus, this ragtag group of disciples, people maybe from Jerusalem who are in the marketplace, this is kind of a terrifying moment. This just isn't done. Chief priests don't just walk up to and talk to backwater preachers with a ragtag group of disciples. It's just not done. And if these people listening stay, they have involved themselves in a power struggle that they maybe didn't intend to when they sat down to listen to Jesus. So these chief priests offer a test of sorts. By whose authority are you doing these things? Cleaning the temple, cursing the fig tree, teaching in the temple. Now, in a fun loophole because he is already occupying space in the temple. The way it works is he gets to set the conditions for his reply. So he asks a question and says, you know, if you can answer this question, I will answer your question. So he says, did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? So they're stuck and they know it and Jesus knows it, of course. If they answer, you know, John is from earth, they're essentially saying that Jesus doesn't have the same authority and that would be it. I mean, Jesus was, would be ousted from the temple. He would not be allowed to teach again. Authority is given. Usually this authority is given by temple leaders like chief priests and elders. That's why they know what they want to do, which is to tell him John's baptism was of human origin because they want to get him out of there. But if they do that, the crowd who love John and consider him a prophet, you know, they're going to get mad. And these chief priests and religious leaders need the crowds to stay on their side so they can maintain any kind of power in that space. So they're hesitant to dismiss John in this very public way. Now, if they answer from heaven then they'd have to explain why they didn't get baptized when John was doing all those baptisms. If it was from God, remember they stood there and watched it, but they didn't, they didn't do it. And if they say John's baptism was from heaven, well then as one baptized by John, they are publicly offering authority to Jesus, which they definitely do not want to do. So you can see their dilemma, right? The scene is set. So the answer with this very classic, we don't know. Now in a sense, Jesus has won this round. Uh, this is a zero sum. So th- he's in they're out. They got to walk away. They got to come up with a new test, which they will do have no fear. And Jesus could have ended there. This is the part that I think is kind of funny. He could have said, you know, I won this round, we're done. You didn't answer my question, I don't have to answer yours. It could be done. But Jesus is still about that good trouble. So he takes it one step further. And he tells a parable. And it's kind of barely a parable because he isn't really being subtle, is is he? (laughs) Jesus is calling out these leaders for their lack of action on behalf of the people. He says, There's two sons, and the father asked them to go to work in the vineyard. Side note, the people listening would have understood the vineyard to represent the people of Israel. Like I said, not subtle. Jesus is not subtle. Now, one son says, Hard pass, dad. But then later goes to do the work. And the other son says, Oh, of course I'll go, father, dearest. Of course. And then never goes. And Jesus says, which one of these two sons is doing the will of the father? And they answer, well, obviously the one who went and did the work in the vineyard. And Jesus says, yeah, and you're the other one. It's good trouble (laughs) and not subtle. You see, the chief priests and the elders are supposed to be representatives for the people of God. They're supposed to be intermediaries between the people and God. But that is not what has been happening Now sure, these chief priests, they say the right things, but then what they do just helps them maintain and grow their power. Actions speak louder than words. And Jesus says to the powers that be, your actions are loudly declaring who you are for and what you are about. And it is not good. You are saying one thing, you are doing another. And yes, it is an obvious condemnation. We can all feel it. It all makes us a little bit uncomfortable. But Jesus, notice, does not remove the chief priests from their place or position in the family of God. He just wants them to be aware that the stakes are so high. How you lead people matters. How you love those in your care matters how you take care of the least of these matters when you place yourself first at the expense of someone else that matters this parable is uncomfortable because we can't pretend it means something else we can't find a metaphor about it to make us feel better It asks a hard question. Which one are you? What is my role in this parable? Author and writer Debbie Thomas, Pastor Chad and I have been quoting her a lot lately because she's kind of a genius. And she keeps asking thoughtful and thought-provoking questions every week related to the gospel texts. And she did it again this week. She asked this question of herself. Which one am I? She said, am I the son who makes a promise I fail to keep? Am I the son who talks the talk, sincerely believes that my sacred-sounding words are enough? Am I the son who doesn't see repentance as a lifelong business, a business that doesn't end at the altar call, or the confirmation service, or the baptism, or the newcomer's class at church, or whatever first drew me to Jesus? Or... Am I the son who says the wrong thing, but finally repents and obeys anyway? Am I the son who might not sound at all spiritual or all that sanctified, but still does the work of love and mercy when the rubber hits the road? The son who recognizes that God is still at work, here and now doing new things, transformative things, salvific things the son who changes his mind when new truth, new life, new possibility, and new hope reveal themselves. I know which one I want to be. But I also know how much easier it is to check something off a list, you all know me and my lists, rather than commit to something for a lifetime. It's so much easier to post a black square on your Instagram than do the long and complicated work of dismantling systemic racism. It's so much easier to raise a rainbow flag in June than to fight side by side with our LGBTQ siblings to maintain or receive equal rights. It is just easier to talk about things than to do things. It just is. Now, remember this whole parable today, this whole moment starts with a question of authority. By whose authority are you doing these things? We know the answer. We already know the rest of the story. We have these benefits in front of us that the audience there did not. We already know what kind of leader Jesus is, but You know, just in case we needed a reminder, the reading from Philippians that was paired for today, sometimes called the Christ hymn, tells us just what it means that Jesus is the one with authority. And this week, as I read this reading from Philippians, I found that this was the thing that made me feel better when the gospel did not. Paul said, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourself. Let each of you not look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind in you be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself taking the form of a servant, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This is the good news in today's gospel. This is the kind of leadership that God's authority brings. Jesus is not and will not ever be like the leaders and rulers then or now on either side of the aisle. It's important to note that our response to this Jesus hymn is not, okay, well, now I know my checklist to be just like Jesus. Good gosh, I don't know about you, but I don't need one more thing to do right now. When it says Jesus emptied himself, all I could think this week was I'm empty enough. Thank you very much. So it's helpful that we're not Jesus, (laughs) right? Jesus is this way, leads us in this way. So we can mess up and fall flat and try again and be loved despite ourselves. So we can at least try to take care of the world we have been given and the people around us who need us to love them even if we say the wrong thing or aren't sure we can do it. We hear our belovedness loudly and clearly declared by our baptisms, like we're about to see with Mila. We too have had a baptism from heaven. You have had a baptism from heaven, just like John, just like Jesus. The authority given to Jesus in his baptism is the same that is given to you, and you have a choice in how to use it. Do you use it for yourself, for the outsider, and the marginalized, and the oppressed? The final verse of the Philippians reading for today, verse 13, is to me the breath of hope I needed to make it through this week. It says, for God who is at work in you. This is the promise that we lead and act and live in love. That we don't just need to say the right things or post the holiest things or talk in the most spiritual way. It is about how we do justice and act with mercy, and walk humbly beside God, who is at work already within you. What good news, even now, even today. Amen. do we hear a kind of hard word today, but also witness grace in action in front of us. God being present in this moment in water and word together. And we are reminded too of the moment we received that gift of baptism, that cross on our foreheads. And if you Need to remind yourself, do it right now. Take your finger, put that cross on your forehead and remind yourself that you too are a beloved child of God with the authority given to you by God. And we are going to mess it up. But we are going to lead with love, confident in who we are and who we have been called to be. So do we take that with us into the world this week as we go in love to serve the Lord? Thank you.